1: Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Getting used to that corona life in the last few days, but um, if you guys have been following the show or watching the webinars that we're doing, um, what we have been strongly suggesting is that take this downtime to learn a new skill. Take this downtime to sharpen what the hell you do. Um, As a matter of fact, what I've been doing is in the last two weeks, I've gotten so much shit done. It's been awesome. I've built new products. I'm launching a coaching side of business that we would never done if we didn't take the time to actually build them. And that's what I'm taking advantage of. So I uh, ran into an old friend of mine. Um, I don't even know how we know each other, but through a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend over the last few years and what he's been doing, um, This is one of those guys that's always like, we all have one of those people in our lives where there's like a guy who's always just fucking really smart. He's always making money and making deals. And you're like, how the hell does this guy do it? And everyone's wondering, like, it's like, almost like a little bit of the world's most interesting man type thing
2: going on. Oh, I don't know about (laughs) that. (laughs) but
1: No, but honestly, this guy, I remember talking to you back in the day uh, of short sales. It It might've been 2009 ish, 2008 ish. Uh, When I was still living in Chicago, and at that time, you're doing a lot of short sales as well. But what he's done is, I mean, he's probably about the same age as me, way more successful. The dude owns portfolios of properties, and the skill that he's always been um, very, very good at was zeroing in and being able to locate very good investor like deals. And that's what we're going to be talking about today the importance of narrowing down your funnel with very targeted data. And I always wondered why rehabbers and wholesalers were so good at securing listings, but then an agent can't even get one. And it's Mm -hmm. because these guys know exactly where to put their messaging in, and they know exactly where to find their data and the properties they're buying. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and introduce our guest today, Mr.
2: Dustin DeFratis. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Uh, good to see you, man. I love, the, uh, I love the outdoor setting. It works out really well for the coronavirus, no? And yeah, it does. You're in this, it looks like you're doing the exact same thing. <laughs> I got the exact same thing. And uh, the, uh, it, it's nice and perfect weather outside in Arizona right now. I assume it's the same in California. And so I'm, I'm excited to be on today.
1: Cool, man. Well, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about um, who you are and what you
2: do and what we're going to get into. And I got a bunch of questions uh, for you on this. For some time, I wore a chip on my shoulder saying, I'm a real estate investor and not a realtor. And I am going to be that for a very long time. And, and I love the fact that you mentioned at the beginning, take this time in the coronavirus to learn a new skill. I was not interested in learning a new skill. I was focused in my lane there being a real estate investor. But Around that 2008, just before that 2008, 2006 and seven, I was flipping houses and the margins were being collapsed just like they were all the way up until coronavirus season, right? And so I was in that environment watching my margins collapse when I decided to get my real estate license. But it's also when I decided, listen, I gotta stop. I gotta narrow my marketing funnel. I can't talk to every single person across the Arizona market. I have to decide who's most likely to react to my message. And from two thousand basically two thousand and nine on, I focused on narrowing my my marketing message to the right audience.
1: And as an investor then into a you look for people who are likely to sell. You go after listings and you go after houses. You're not a buyer's agent. You're not trying to court buyers around Arizona and showing them houses, are you?
2: no no i'm I'm a really terrible real estate agent i uh, I'm the type of guy that says, "Hey, if the wife comes through and looks at the kitchen with me and she says, "I don't like the color of that kitchen what what difference does it make? I'll rip it out. It's going to cost an extra six thousand dollars. We'll just negotiate it from the seller you know i'm I'm not the hug giver i'm I'm the guy who's looking at spreadsheets and trying to figure it out. So from a dad perspective, that is actually the game that I've been playing for a long time is trying to decide who's most interested or willing or likely to react to my message and then honing down my marketing to that individual person. So distress is one of those things that, um, you know, it it basically guarantees that someone's going to sell a house. You know, if you're, if you're going to get evicted, you're not going to get kicked out of your house during this time, but in every other history of real estate, you would get kicked out of your house in an eviction. So we know that a foreclosure is the step to get someone that is no longer going to be able to own the house. And, and we've, we know that if you have a violation from the city of Phoenix, you're not taking care of your home. So we've always been interested in trying to figure out what trigger points we can harvest across the United States of America and, and narrow down our messaging to say these people are more likely to interact with our message than the rest of them. 100%.
1: Let's go through that. And you're actually, no one's excited about the coronavirus, but when you and I spoke, you, you think that there's going to be a major shift in the marketplace Folks, I had my best years in my career during the short sale markets because there was distress and I was willing to take on a problem that a lot of people didn't know how to handle. However, I think, though, this is a little bit different than 2007. What do you think is going to happen with this shift? And be blunt. like Tell everyone what you think is going to happen and what you're preparing for, and then we'll get into the data.
2: I think that a lot of markets are going to be able to hedge the shift, whatever that means. Um, I think Arizona is one of those markets where um, the people that are going to lose their jobs, that they'll be able to hold on. The government will give them a cushion, but if you lose your job and your job is replaced, then you don't have a cushion left. So there's going to be sales. There's going to be people that have to sell their home. It's going to be, it's going to be delayed for a period of time, but I think that there's going to be some, a correction in most markets. And um, in those corrections, uh, you're able to determine more so than ever, who's absolutely going to do a transaction and who's not. And, and unfortunately, distress is one of the easiest uh, trigger points to be able to say, hey, these people are more likely to take an action. But the other one is that if you're looking uh, uh, at, at the face of a recession and you have a second home or, or you are, uh, have a two story home and you're 65 years and older, the people are rethinking where they're currently living, especially in these times. So it may not only be the absolute distress of the times that people are going to trigger the sell. over 70% of our residential inventory is going to turn in the next 25 years due to age, right? So one of the fun things that we do at GeoPoint Data is we say, here is all the homeowners ages. So we'll give you a data point like empty nesters, right? These people used to report a child and now they're no longer reporting a child and they may be looking to downsize a home, right? That's a real life event. You you no longer need the large 5,000 square foot house, 3,000 square foot house, 25, whatever that number might be for the size of your family. I'm going to downsize empty nesters. So we're excited about those types of data, but another one that's you know on the distress side, if we collect all of the vacant homes for from the U.S. Postal Service, and so we upload all of the homes in in the Chicagoland area, as a for instance, every market across the United States, and we say which homes are reported by the U.S. Postal Service as vacant, and and that becomes a said uh, especially in this time, that house is is vacant, it's a dead asset, right? So the homeowner, the owner of that house needs to figure out what to do to monetize that. you mean uh, vacant
1: as in non-owner occupied or vacant like as no tenant either, just vacant,
2: vacant? No, there's, there's, it's an empty house. So after 90 days, the post office is required to, the guy that actually goes to every single door, if mail clucks up for 90 days, then he's required to state that And so we're collecting that data on a national basis. Not only are we collecting that data, but we warehouse over seven telco files, landlines. We deliver up to 10 cell phone numbers, landlines, and email addresses. So not only do we know which homes are vacant, we also have all of the phone numbers or we don't, right? We don't have everyone's phone number across the United States of America, but our deliverable is saying, hey, here are all the vacant homes in the Chicagoland area that we have phone numbers for. If during the coronavirus times, you're sitting at a home looking for something to do because you're not out there doing showings. Cold calling is, is classic real estate. That's what everyone's been doing for forever, right? It yeah. will work, especially now that everyone's sitting at home. Yep. So right now, right off the bat, you guys, if you just didn't
1: catch that, let me just write these down. We're looking at three different categories of property types. First one's distress, uh, loss of job, uh, behind on payments would signify that. Second one is
2: old people. What's old? Define old: sixty-five plus, seventy plus. Like, what's the age? What's the age? On geopoint data, you have a slider, so you can do between eighteen and twenty-four years old. If you're, what's if you're looking at markets, what's best practices? Uh, we do sixty years plus. Sixty
1: plus, okay. Yep. And then also vacant homes—homes homes that are just sitting there, vacant, empty, not doing anything. Are you? And you're able to find the owner through the tax records, I imagine. Of that, we
2: are able to find uh, the owner through the tax records. In fact, we warehouse 134 million residential transactions across the United States of America. So every time the entire residential real estate and commercial land, uh, we're registering that transaction. And then we're layering consumer demographic databases on top of that. We're, we're a data aggregator. Maybe I can tell your consumer audience how we got our foundation. You know, the guy that says, Hey, this is Mike with police precinct 303. I'm just wondering if you want to donate to your local police precinct, right? Yeah, I hate that guy we are that guy. We were that guy. <laughs> that, 1981, 1981, yeah. we were that guy calling landlines across the United States of America in 1981. So we, we pivoted from that guy into being the guy that collects data on homeowners. So I'll, my sister company uh, is, is a $22 million a year data aggregation company. And so they have the best homeowner data. And what we've done is we've created a computer highway that taps into this massive infrastructure and delivers to real estate professionals, the absolute best available homeowner data and in the United States of America.
1: So the targeting is one guys. So basically what we're saying is whatever marketing you're going to do, we're going to get into that next. So you guys could do some social, you could do direct mail, you could call these people, but it all starts by putting your, energy and reach behind the right people first. Like it's, this isn't fucking farming guys. Like we're not just going after a bunch of random door knocking and creeping people out, showing up on their doorstep. Like it's 2020. You do that shit in Chicago, you get a shotgun in your face you <laughs> not show up to someone's door right off the bat anymore. <laughs> but um, It's crazy how many people still rely on so many of these old school prospecting type. Things. No. Here's some, a way that I want you guys to think about uh, what he's saying here. There's a difference between prospecting and there's a difference between attracting business and referral and marketing and all that. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you guys hear me talk about on the show deals with the latter, uh, referral marketing, building a brand, a personal brand. But what we're talking about in this episode is really more so, okay, what's our proactive approach in lead gen and focusing on a specific niche than being a generalist. At the end of the day, a real estate agent is nothing more than a fucking problem solver for people that have house issues. So become the best damn problem solver in your market and be that problem solver to distressed to old people to these vacant properties because they are the most likely to be traded or transacted or about to be listed. Or That's right. So That's right. Um, let's talk about the actual um, marketing pieces. Let's talk
2: about how we get. Well, maybe, maybe before we even, let me just kind of give the variety of a customer yeah, type but you know, a customer avatar. So if you're a luxury real estate agent in, in downtown right. Chicago doing high rises, there's a lot of entrepreneurs in Chicago that have probably screwed up their credit, you know, playing all kinds of financial games. We can deliver a syndicated credit score for any income class. So a lot of the real estate investors in our industry go after um, high equity and low credit, right? Yeah. So, we have access to financial resources in these times where we're going to be able to borrow money or do whatever we need to do. People that don't have good credit will not be able to do that. But if they own a home, they're going to be able to use that home to tap into equity and selling that home is one option. So similarly wealthy people, if they have a second home and, and their credit score is ticking down, they need to tap into equity when these times come. So uh, the credit score is a fun one that that we use as a leverage point. Um,
1: so you could basically know when somebody just extends their credit line. They're still reaching out. There's already a signal that they're
2: grasping for air. That is exactly correct. Yep, that's right. So if you had a second home with low credit, that would be an indicator that these people may tap into that second home to tap into additional equity.
1: Interesting. So how do we reach them?
2: How do you reach you're, them? You're that's an expert. a fantastic you're an expert question, yeah. This. So
1: like, it's not just a one, it's like a multi-channel approach, right? It's a multi-prong approach. You're not just, it isn't just sending a direct mail piece or just sending in social media posts. So it starts with the targeting, guys. But how does a funnel look like? A lot of people are gonna be
2: lost. What do we do next? I, that's what I was just gonna say. I imagine you've talked to your audience about a funnel for a long time. So if you have a massive marketing budget, then you're gonna, you're gonna be pretty high on the top of the funnel because you're gonna capture everything below. But if you're going into this recession saying, hey, I'm going to have to cut back on my spend, then you want to get narrow in the funnel. And so there's a bunch of different things that data can do for you. And so uh, we have a Telephone Consumer Protection Act compliant dialing system in Guadalajara, Mexico, where, where our callers have lived in the United States of America for at least eight years. And they will take the data that you purchase over at GeoPoint Data and, and push that in and make those calls for yourself. But what a lot of our real estate agent customers are doing is they're using videos, things like, things like videos, custom videos and branding to display advertising using the geopoint data to custom Facebook audience upload, and then displaying that branding, that video content in front of that uh, custom audience for an ongoing period of time. So that when they are ready to transact, that real estate professional will be top of mind without spending the, the massive spend on the entire consumer audience.
1: So let me dumb that down even further for you guys. Uh, we're talking about so Dustin has the data and the problem with Facebook right now is a special ad category. like I'm running four ads right now and because my page name is called real estate marketing dude. I get it denied all the time and I can no longer even submit them. So I keep approving. I'm not targeting consumers. I'm not selling houses. I'm selling video services to real estate agents, but because of the name I get flagged all the time. So it's super annoying. But one of the one of the audiences that you guys doesn't fly by the special ad category is a custom audience. And inside of Facebook and Instagram, what you have the ability to do is upload a list of email addresses and or cell phone numbers, and a combination of both. And once you do that, you're able to then display ads to that audience. And a custom audience slides by the special ads category. You don't need to abide by the special ads category; you can just sort of slide by it. So what you're really doing is, it's probably the only way to market Facebook going forward because any real estate ad is in a 15 mile radius. Like I was just having this conversation with a guy we had on the show last week. He's a Facebook uh, certified ad dude, really smart, knows what he's doing. And he does this for real estate agents, but it's 15 mile radius from wherever you wanna go. And like if you're in a city of Chicago, like you could be in the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two miles from that vicinity and it might not make as big of a deal in the rural areas but um, it does in the more condensed ones. So what Dustin has is basically an an ability to get that whole, put your ads in front of these right people.
2: Absolutely. Correct. I I love the fact that you mentioned that because that is truly a problem that real estate professionals are running into all of the advertising channels that they used to use is no longer working. So that custom audience, if you, even if you wanted to just farm your neighborhood, right? If you're, you're one eight 60118 in, in Chicago, right? You could upload every single homeowner in 60118 and you would never display an ad to anyone that does not own a home. And that reduction of the size of that funnel yeah. on scales, huge, huge. So, and yeah, what kind, you, of,
1: what kind of social ads you're doing, you've talking about videos because I'm already thinking about different types of, because when you're, t- you guys have to realize that, like, especially on Facebook, this is where our, our side comes in uh, a lot into the business is because you have to stop the attention. So yeah. let me walk you guys through a couple different ways of a video and how you would adapt it to this audience or this list. And let's do it per market. Let's start with the distressed market. You have three seconds to generate their attention online on social. So that means I'm going to get right up into the camera like this. And I'm going to be like, coronavirus fucked you up, didn't it? And being stuck with the house causing you more pain is no fun either. But the good news is, is that you have it way out and I'm calling them right out in the front. And if it's yeah, someone yeah, who's yeah. old, I'm going to say walking up all those stairs each and every single day is causing those knees to hurt more than they ever mm-hmm. have. And you really need all 2,800 square foot at that house. or so Would you rather save about $3,000 a month and go on vacation and go golf with your fucking wife? <laughs> or if I wanted to do <laughs> the vacant property, be like, Hey, you know that property that you got that just sitting there getting vacant, you probably want to do something about it. And how you're wondering how I, my ads even popping up to you. Well, that's because um, I'm targeting you specifically because I noticed your house was vacant. We need to talk. Call me. Like you're going to pop Absolutely. up on people's <laughs> shit right away. This Absolutely. Is, but that's what generates the attention. So what we're seeing, and, and you're seeing a two-pronged approach, because traditionally a real estate investor would just send a direct mail piece. And they would send it in the form of a funnel. They would do one, one mailing piece. A week later it would be the second mailing piece. A week later it would be the third and the fourth. But what you're saying is you need a combination of it, and that's what's truly really more effective. Say saying send the direct that's mail right. piece but the same people when they're seeing you on social
2: are more likely to speak to you because there's a human side of it. You're not this big, bad, evil person. That's exactly right. And so you, you can, if it, for the, the for the guys with the big budgets, they'll probably run multiple offerings, right? So if you're a licensed real estate agent, then you may use a cash offering to get someone to raise their hand, less expensive than if you were to solicit an agency offering, right? So, The interesting thing about our data is that uh, a customer would be able to, a big budget customer would be able to have a cash offer. And let's say it's Bob in in Chicago, Illinois, and he has a cash offering, Bob buys houses, but Bob is also a real estate agent that helps consumers sell their house for the most amount of money. So Bob might get half of the audience to raise their hand on a cash offer and the other half to raise their hand on an agency service, and he will get 100% of the market, right? Uh, Someone with a, a smaller budget, we know that a cash offer is what people prefer. They don't want to go through the process with a real estate agent. They don't want people that are coughing along right now going through their house, looking at it, and everything. So that cash offer sounds better than it ever has. So a real estate professional might actually say, hey, I buy houses, I can purchase your house. Now you don't want me to purchase your house, but I can. And, and then you're able to get that hand raised cheaper than you would by soliciting a listing.
1: Totally. I like the, uh, we did a brand for somebody today and I've been doing these for a lot of like the investors is we like approaching it in three ways. Like you guys are going to have to get creative with your offerings and you cannot just be a listing agent. You need three different plans. You should have an investor offer always. Um, you have to, and especially in like Arizona, it's I buyer central. So if you don't have an I buyer, how do you compete? But secondly is that there's also a lot of people that want to maximize their sales price. So I see a lot of people helping uh, sellers flip their own houses securing hard money for them to fix up before they sell it. This is another, or they could always retail it. But the point is that you guys got to have all these different options for these people. And the one who has the most amount of options is uh, the one I think is going to win. Think of CarMax, but with real estate. CarMax took off because of that. They stopped selling and they started serving. And their salespeople are not trained to sell cars. They're trained to give them the information on Kelly's Blue Book so that the consumer can make their educated decision. That's exactly how CarMax was built. And that's why it took off so much. Because consumers today make the choices, and the, cho- and the choices, we just have to lay them up for them. We no longer have one way. The consumers drive everything, folks. Don't overthink it. So you're saying, are you doing direct mail with this data still? Do you like direct mail still
2: with the. Uh, right now, Mike, I'm, I'm focused on. So we have a telephone consumer protection that compliant dialing system in Guadalajara, Mexico. And, and we're doing lead generation by, by blanketing areas for just a couple circle of trust customers. And, and we're about to layer on the text messaging and the voicemails. And uh, so that's keeping me busy. And then the data is keeping me very busy. I mean, we've we've only scratched the surface on our capabilities. Uh, I'll tell you quickly that we can predict someone moving out of their house within a six month period. We have over 237 data points that we put into a spinning machine. And, and in Maricopa County or in Chicago, I put, 500,000 addresses that fit a real estate professional's general criterion. And I can say which one of those are most likely to move inside of a six-month period. So we can do it all, but I'm not doing it personally because it's my job now to service the real estate professional community And what we're actually hoping is I have a portfolio of single family homes and and we're raising $50 million to buy into whatever, whatever distress points we have in the new market. Right? So what we're actually doing is we're licensing the brand, the homebuyerteam.com. So the homebuyerteam.com, if a real estate agent doesn't have their own cash offering, have a conversation with us. You can have our brand and that will allow you to do exactly what we just talked about. Get someone to raise their hands to say, yes, I would like a cash offering and then we have a mastermind opportunity that the real estate professional can be mentored so that if they do in fact have a cash offer or a homeowner that wants a cash offer and I buyers aren't in their market, then we would be happy to escort them through that process.
1: So awesome, dude. So folks, here's what I want you to get. We'll get everything wrapped
2: up. Here's what I want you to get out of this show.
1: Quit uh, blanket marketing. It doesn't work, especially for real estate. If you're going to prospect, pick a niche we just gave you three different ones. One was distressed, one was old people, and one was vacant properties. Those are all three different niches, they're all three different messages. All three of those would be three separate marketing campaigns. But you always start with one thing and then you don't go on to the next, and so that one's already got a proven ROI with it. Um, that's how you scale up, so all these guys do the exact same thing. Point of this is if you're going to prospect and you're going to chase business, make sure you chase targeted business. Don't chase a bunch of strangers. You don't need a door knock. You need a door knock on the people that are distressed. You need a door knock on the people most likely to sell. So focus in on that market. Dustin, anything uh, you want to add on closing thoughts, and we'll let you go ahead and uh, tell people how they can reach you.
2: No, we're really excited. You know, and, uh, the the there's so many different ways to cut up your own data sets. If you're farming your market in your local zip code you should tell your buyer audience that you have off market inventory. You do when you're driving around opening up a door that's listed on the MLS and the homeowner says, Oh, I really like that house next door. You should be able to say, well, listen, I got their phone number. You want to make them an offer, right? If you're farming your area, if you're buying Zillow leads or whatever it might be, make sure you have the phone numbers for all the homeowners in your audience. And then pick a couple tricks that you're going to use. Pick a couple marketing audiences and farm, that as a narrowed custom audience where maybe it's the old people, maybe it's the uh, lower credit with high equity, maybe it's whatever it might be. And then, and then finally, uh, for your audience today, Mike, I'd like to offer a coupon code. Of 20% off of anything that uh, they get that they buy through geopointdata.com. Dude 20. All right. So I'm going to do, uh, everyone listening today, Dude 20 We get you 20% off of your first over order at geopointdata.com. And we have two types of data we have um, stack data, which has all of the cool stuff we've been talking about. And then we have a less expensive version, which is non stack data. And you have a choice to buy your cell phone numbers, landlines, and email addresses with that or without. Awesome. I love it, dude. Um, And we're going to end this podcast because
1: me and Dustin have some business to take care of. Yeah. Uh, We're going to be talking about this data and bringing it into what we're doing. But, folks, thank you for listening to another episode of The Real Estate Marketing Dude. Please go ahead and uh, leave us a remark, leave us a review. Go ahead and keep the show. Share the word out there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. It's TheRealestateMarketingDude.com. Folks, we just lost our whole training company. If you need help, either getting on videos, determining what your brand is, or you want us to edit script and help you distribute and coach you along the way. That's what we do. We create content so that you become unforgettable. And a lot of the stuff that we talked about today, we would actually create and craft all that content around your brand. So people actually think you're cool. And not some creepy real estate agent with commission breath. That's what I'm talking about.
2: So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Commission folks. breath.
1: Go, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for next week, and don't forget to subscribe to that YouTube channel, especially if you want to see all the videos and the content that we're creating on a weekly basis. Thanks, folks. See you guys next time. Bye bye.
0: Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real Estate Marketing Dude.